All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. I'm going to hit the town. says the timer's going another podcast it feels like we just did one yeah well we didn't we're actually late what no it's not it's today thursday we're supposed to well, drop thursday's it. not over with yet no that is not what people think and you know that oh so let me see all the people that emailed us today should i just go you're a little early you gotta wait till friday don't yeah com- don't complain until friday exactly so when if you're watching a tv show if Greg Gutfeld comes on or something, if he's as long as he's on the same day, you're okay. Doesn't have to be at the same time. Sure. Plus, but he's got a team of people. All he has to do is show up. <laughs> oh, I, you know, you, I'm sure Greg Gutfeld listens to this podcast, and I'm quite sure he's going to be upset thinking he doesn't do anything. Well, he preps, uh, but Greg, I'm quite sure your team does not do all the work. I love you, my man. I think you're great at what you do. I'm sure you don't just wander in and oh, sit brother. down. Whatever. Well, come on, we got to clarify. I have to. I got to create some distance from you with that topic. <laughs> There's no way, Greg. Just you know wander. what? When I start making the money he's making, then you can have a team of people. Okay. How about if we can make any money on a podcast, any money, then we can get somebody. Yeah. When do we start getting paid? We get. You know, of all the the listeners and all the downloads on all the platforms. Our best month was $139. Wow, that doesn't even pay an electric bill. <laughs> I don't think that would buy you and I lunch for the four podcasts every month that we do. Wow. Okay, so yeah, that's motivation to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back. God. Didn't, weren't we just here? I know, but we just got back from LA. We just drove. You know what these podcasts remind me? They remind me of all the things that happened this last week. It's like, yeah. oh. Well, it's kind of like that. I mean, it is a refresher course on, well, it's a refresher course on all of the great things that I accomplished this last week and all of the things that you fucked up on. We Wait have, a second. We got to remind you. I don't think so. How are you going to do better next week if I don't point out all the shit you did wrong this week? Do I get to do the same for you? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, I see. It's very <laughs> one-sided here. Whatever. Well, that trip over the grapevine we took today wasn't bad. Light traffic, pretty good. Yeah, it was a nice trip. Good weather. Yeah, we got up early it and got flowed. on the road. I like it. Yeah, it was good. So I felt better. Yesterday, if we would have went, oh, I don't know well, if I could have made it. That was the thing that everyone's asking. We could still get emails and questions in Discord, the Discord server, which, ladies and gentlemen, the Discord <laughs> I server. I was going to say, is, plug. It's just a um, it, Discord, Gen X Talks Discord. It's a chat room. Chat rooms, yeah. And they're all labeled, you know, you, it's just, uh, you know, there's one about politics, there's one about cars, and you go into each room and talk. But it's discord.gg forward slash Gen X Talks. That's how you get there. So rewind that 10 times and say it fast. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't even know what you said. 
Oh, whatever. Well, the kid has pounded that into me. He always yells, Dad, you got to say it right. I just copy and paste. Discord.gg from across the house. Discord.gg forward slash Gen X Talks. I'm like, quit fucking yelling at me. And like I said, I just copy and paste. So I don't know what it says. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, this what do was, they say in the It Discord? was about your cough. You know, they, oh, yeah. You have been fighting, I mean, a deathly cough to where your chest was hurting. You couldn't sleep. You, I, I saw you twice almost like pass out from exhaustion from no sleep and coughing. <clears throat> yes. You coughed so long for so often that your body just gave out. I, I, literally... I coughed so hard, I gave myself a headache many times. Yeah. And then, so everyone wants to know, so instead of me sending out all the emails or posting it on Discord, just tell them where you're at, what you went to the doctor. Well, that was such a blessing, actually. I finally had had it. This was week three of this cough, and it wasn't getting any worse, but it wasn't getting any better, but it wasn't, it was just there. And I was getting annoyed, and I was tired and losing my patience, and I was done. So I had a pain doctor appointment. And I went, I tried to see if the pain doctor could help me out. But of course, they deviated and said, nope, we just deal with pain. Call your general. So I, as soon as I got out of there, I asked Genix dad, I go, I'm going to call the doctor. I think it's time. So I made a phone call and they said, can you be here in 30 minutes? I looked at Genix dad and Genix dad well, goes, yep. We, I have never had that happen. We were driving home. We were, we were on our way home. Yeah, I thought maybe the next day or like I have never days. had someone say, when you call your physician to say, come in right now. Yeah. I thought it would be the end of the week, but I was like, yeah, I'll jump on it. They had a cancellation. So we jumped down the street and went to the doctor and I got in pretty much on time. And after I explained, you know, they asked, did you have COVID? Did you take a COVID test? I'm negative on COVID. I, I kind of knew what it was. It was in my chest, but it was such a weird it was just a cough that I dealt with. I it never was, had like a cold. But or it was anything. violent. Yeah. I mean, it was. So this I explained just, it to him. This isn't just a cough that I go, oh, my wife has a cough. No. <laughs> yeah. This was the better part of three weeks. And the entire three weeks you have been violently coughing to where I thought you were going to snap your back all day, all night. And it never let up. Yeah. And I couldn't hold a con. Like today's the first day I can hold a conversation without you, coughing. You've coughed one time since we've sat down. Normally you would have coughed 11 times already. Yeah. And then I would say, forget it. I'm not talking. I yeah. wasn't talking much because every time I talked, I would just go into this violent cough. So they gave you some They meds. gave me an inhaler because they said they could hear a little wheezing. They, they're treating me for bronchitis. So it was a, it was a inhaler, some cough suppressant, uh, pills, which were absolutely incredibly wonderful, and uh, an antibiotic. Well, just here's in the case. problem I had when you took the medication. Okay, yeah. I, I got that they're trying to help you. Yeah, and I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. <laughs> Thank God. But the first 24 hours you took all this medication, you got worse. Oh yeah. You After were, I you took had, it, you had a fever. You had a more violent cough. You were miserable. You had headaches. You couldn't see. Yes. I mean, I even felt your head. You were hot. Yeah. It was worse the next day. Yeah. It was and, like... and you're thinking, now your whole thinking was you're laying there dying going, okay, it's all right. The, this is good. Yeah. It's working through. And I'm thinking, how do you know you're not allergic to the medication and you're dying? Now, now, how would you know that? How would you know well, the difference? Well, I did. I could feel it. Like the tightness in my chest, all of a sudden it started loosening. I could feel it and I could feel it in my head and everything. So whatever was sticking around was just like sitting there. Well, I, I've, I've always had this trouble. Now, you've always been the doctor of the family. 
I've always stayed out of it. You've the nursed, pseudo doctor. Yeah, but you've taken care of the kids. You've, I should have a medical degree by now. By now, you think, <laughs> with all these kids. Yeah. Um, but I've stayed out of it. I've kind of watched, like, okay, what do you need? You need money. You need medicine. You need stuff. But I've always watched what you're doing. This is a problem I've had watching you, mother and doctor, our kids. A lot of the times you were doing stuff with the kids, just like what happened to you, it got worse. Now, from my point of view, I'm thinking, how do you know this is, when you give a child medicine, how do you know it's getting better when they get worse? Your, your whole theory was, okay, good, good, good. This is flushing it out. This is, it's going to get worse, and then it's going to get better, and, and this is breaking things down, and this is what you want to see. All right, I got that. I got that story. But what if it was the other story? I think my instinct would be if I was feeling the same way I did yesterday, today, I would have called the doctor and said, hey, this is what this is what's happening to me now. I think I would have gave it, you know, a two, couple, days. two days and then go, huh, something. Well, see, I didn't know you had something in mind like that. I just got worried. Yeah. Plus, I didn't have like I didn't break out in a rash. You know, I'm allergic to penicillin and amoxicillin. Yeah. So I couldn't take that. Right. So. I'm just, I I think just in general, that's been my concern, you know, uh, other than for me, I don't, but with you guys, it's when things get worse, I'm like, okay, how long do we let stuff get worse before it begins to get better? How long do you wait? Yeah. So 24 hours, I was not good, but then I slept good last night and I woke up this morning and was able to make that trip and I'm just kind of wiped out today. But I think that's just everything catching up to me, the lack of sleep. Well, there's a lot of people that wanted to know. There's a lot of followers that are kind of keeping tabs on what's going on with our family. That was one of them that you've been violently I haven't been sick in a long time. It's been a while, so. You know, this was, as as you pointed out, this was very reminiscent of years ago when I used to get that cough every winter. Yeah. Six weeks. Six weeks, I would violently cough for for six yeah. weeks, and we, I guess, we did that five years in a row. Now it hasn't happened in a while, yeah. But how did I don't even know how you slept through that because I was dying. Ugh, it was it was tough. But hey, any doctors or nurses or medical people out there? I'm just saying. I've told my kids we treated. I tr- always treated my kids for allergies first, but if the allergy medicine didn't kick in, then it was something else. I don't know if that's. Medical logic, but that's mom logic. So that's how I was doing well, this. Well, it's so funny to see. You know, just like right now, you were displaying you were not feeling well and had a cough. We must have got 30 emails the first day. Yes. Well, here's what you're going to do. Now, I was born in the bayous of Alabama, uh, Louisiana. And what you're going to do is you're going to get yourself some gator skin. Now, you take that gator skin. They, no. they had these home remedies. Those. I always go back to my mom's, though. I mean, ever since we were little, and I know everybody's going to go, yep. This is how we were. My mom would give us the cough syrup was a little bit of whiskey, a little bit of honey, and a little bit of lemon. And yes, we were underage. Because what's in cough syrup now? Alcohol. Well, I agree with that, but I think there's a little bit of medicine coating the problem, wouldn't you think? That they... Yeah, but I mean, it was that's what they gave us at night to go to bed, to sleep. I'm sure it was to well, make us pass out, too. Pass out. <laughs> that's what I was raised on, so yeah. Your mother would give My you that. My mom's cough syrup. Your mother would give you that, and you'd say, so is this going to make me feel better? I don't know, but it's going to knock you out, so I don't have to hear you anymore. Yeah, so. you'd think I would be an alcoholic by now with you know all the cough syrup oh, I had growing up. But you, you I... Your mother's remedy for everything was Jim Beam. Was was some form of whiskey and something. Yeah, Jim Beam. 
That's all she had in the house. That's what it's like I got an itch behind my ear. What you going to do is your mother would say, I'm going to give you some Jim Beam and some strawberries. And what you, what? And then there'd be something else was Jim Beam and honey. And then Jim Beam and lemon. It's all, it was everything. It was always baking soda and water, make a paste and put it on the itch. Then if you scratched yourself, <laughs> my dad, if you scratch and you're like, got a, like a road rash or something from riding your bike, my dad would go, just jump in the pool. The chlorine's good for it. I'll I heard it. that all the time. From <laughs> just my, jump in the pool. Huh? Okay, yeah, the chlorine's good for it. Okay, my grand that's so funny you say that. My grandfather did that. His thing was always anything you had a scratch, an itch, uh, anything. She could well jump in the pool and see what the chlorine will do for you. Exactly. What? Yeah, the chlorine in the pool clears it all. It's like, well, why don't we just pour chlorine on ourselves then? Or like the mercuricomb. Oh, that stuff. I hated that stuff burned. Everybody can relate to that one. You see that orange colored thing coming at you and you'd be like holy when i was a little kid i was the biggest biggest baby about bactine i hated bactine but it was cool when it bubbled it was but it was actually hydrogen cold and hurt yeah or hydrogen peroxide we're gonna clean up with some bactine like no i mean by the time i was five i knew i didn't i knew that was a bad word Mm. bactine i have a story i slid i was playing softball i think we were having a because like, I wasn't in uniform, I, it was warm because Southern California, and we were having a practice game, and I had shorts on. Well, I slid like an idiot, and came yeah. up with a you know a strawberry on my leg or a raspberry on my leg, and there was dirt in it, clay. Yeah. It, it dug down so deep. I remember going home. And I was a teenager at the time and I was like, man, that was so dumb. Like doing this. Right. My mom goes, just go in the bathtub, bathtub and pour some hydrogen peroxide on it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I did. Oh my goodness. It was like, it was bubbling and everything and the clay's coming out. See, I remember getting to an age oh. where you, I could finally go, yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I knew I had to get the dirt out of it, but stupid me sliding with shorts on. That was an idiot. Yeah, move, there but. was some stuff like that I did that I just, when they're like, okay, we're going to hey, take care of the game was on the line. Well, that's important. I'm, I'm referring like, to the repair afterwards. There's a point where I said, okay, I'm just going to pass. I'll just sit here and die slowly. I'm not doing that. No freaking way are you putting hydrogen <laughs> chloride peroxide bactonated. The clay not going to do life. it. Yeah. That no. was bad. Well, that there was, was one time. time. What did I slide into? I did something with my bike. Ended up in the bushes, full speed coming down the canyon. <laughs> and I came home. My grand. I guess I was about nine or ten. And grandma had. She goes. You know, my clothes were torn. She goes, what happened? I said, I'm fine. But I slid off the road. You know, we're racing and doing stuff. And I was going downhill and I got out of control. Speed wobble. Boom, in the bushes. All right. <laughs> Thank it God hurt. it was a bush and not road rash. Yeah, it was It was complete bushes. Now, I was scarved up a little bit. But she goes, go in the bathtub right now. I was like nine or ten. So I didn't. Then she goes, okay, let me see. And I'm like, what do you want to see? She goes, let me see. And she was right. I had little slivers in my leg. And she goes, all right. She'd go get your underwear on and t-shirt and come back in here. So I got dressed and came back in. She sat me on the counter. I'm going to say I was nine. And she picked them out with tweezers. Ouch. And she did not let, boy, she had a look on her face like, don't move. That's why we were tough. And I kept saying, well, just now, now, nowadays, some people say, well, you just work and the slivers are out. They'll work their way out. She was insisting Every one of these will dig their way into your body and stay there. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I'm nine or so. Right. I'm thinking, oh, these things are alive, and they're going to dig their way in. <laughs> they're not. They're not moving. They're not trying to get in my leg. You know, an hour ago they were part of a dead plant on the side of the road. Now they're attacking me. 
Yeah. Oh, God. That's why we're so tough. We didn't go to the hospital or urgent care or... Well, that was my... We didn't have urgent care. No, there was no urgent care. My grandfather... You only went to the emergency room when it was an emergency. My grandfather would say, go outside and rub some dirt on it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm bleeding. Yeah, rub some dirt on it. It'll scab over. All right. Well, rub some dirt on it and come back in. Now... God, it was terrible stuff. Yeah, but we did back in the day. That's what we did. I don't even remember what we're talking about. <laughs> we started talking about know. this topic and we I got all talking about whatever. Up. We were just yapping about stuff. I you know. we were just talking about my cough and my cough oh, went yeah, to your cough. Yeah. the emergency room. Uh, now, then, speaking of emergency room, everybody nowadays goes to the emergency room like they're going to the doctor. I don't Which like is wrong. That. I don't I don't know why parents. I'm kind of always... okay with urgent care. I don't know why parents always have to do that when their kid comes in and goes. I don't feel right or something hurts. All right, get your coat. We're in the car. It's like, fuck. Yeah, the emergency room should stay for emergencies only. That's how I feel. Urgent care is cool. I like that for the weekends because, you know, you you had to go to the hospital when we were younger if you had something well, on the weekend. Yeah. Doctors didn't weren't open on the weekend. I know? think you said it best. Emergency rooms are for emergencies. Let's let's be clear. Let's yes. let's be fair to all the Gen Xers out there listening. What constitutes an emergency today was no. not an emergency 30 years ago. Exactly. And so if parents today can go, well, I think this is an emergency, I'm going to the emergency room. Even if you broke your arm, you still waited two <laughs> days before you went to the doctor. <laughs> you want to make sure it's go. broken. Well, there's no bone <laughs> sticking out. Are you sure it's broken? I don't know. It really hurts. Yeah, let's see how you feel tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Didn't you? I mean, that's how our parents were. It was like, well, we'll see, because it probably cost them a lot of money. It probably did. You yeah. know, we don't know what it was, but, or they'd say, you do it on a Saturday, and they go, well, we'll see how you are Monday, and then we'll call the doctor. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't my parents, and it wasn't my grandparents, but I, I know of parents, I'm thinking of them right now, when a friend of mine would break a leg or an arm, they get a little crack, and the, the dad was sizing up. Well, I wonder if I can fix that right here. I if, <laughs> It'll take a two, two get you, pieces of board. Let me get you a splint right here. Let me get some duct tape. Duct Tape, you, you know, duct tape. They were thinking about that, like WD forty and duct tape. That'll work. <laughs> Hold on, sweetheart. Before you run him off to the emergency room, let me let me think about this for a minute. Maybe George, you can't do it. You can't fix it. Uh, you don't know. I got some tools. What's the doctor gonna do? He's just gonna put some cement around it and like plaster, and I can do that. I got plaster. We'll just use chicken wire and use some. Plaster. I got some plaster. Let me go to the hardware shop. I'll be back in fifteen minutes with some plaster, baby. Come on now. And it'll be good as new. <laughs> That's exactly oh my God! Did we grow up in the wrong time? <laughs> that was child abuse at the at the most honest level of no, trying. It was to... <laughs> not. It was honest living. You don't you don't think that would be a little bit neglectful if a dad brought some chicken wire home and some plaster? From you know the what? Store? I think our parents had more money than parents now today do because they saved their money and uh, well, they, they pinched did. and saved. Well, we talked about that. My grandma would take a piece of aluminum foil that you ate a sandwich. She'd hand you a sandwich. If you're oh, backpacking, God. hiking, or, or, or camping, she'd hand you a sandwich. You'd open up the aluminum foil, eat the sandwich. She would take your aluminum foil, rinse it off, and, and roll it and flatten it out. She'd roll it back out flat, flatten it, then fold it up to use it again. The and I got foil, one too. What? So when we'd use napkins or a paper towel and my dad examined it and said, oh, it's still kind of clean, he'd fold it up neatly and add a pile in his garage for checking the oil. Wow. <laughs> wow. If he could still use it to check the oil, the paper towel stayed. To this napkin. day, I know exactly what a 1952 Singer sewing machine sounds like. 
vividly because every week my grandmother would be fixing socks. Do you know what that was called? Darning. Darning socks. Yeah, she would darn the socks. Um, She would sew buttons back on by hand. She would, I mean, she would repair clothes once a week. I thought that was completely normal when I was growing up. I I think up until I was five years old, my mom made dresses for me. There was a time at the sewing the fabric store where you can get like a certain fabric that gathered up on the bodice part of it yeah. and then it flowed down below and my mom just sewed one seam and two straps and I had dresses. I don't think I ever You're went to the store. You're kidding me. Yeah, I think from from the time I was born until I went to school. Wow. My mom made my dresses. I had no I I know if I tore something on a shirt I would bring it into grandma and then I'd get in a few days, I'd have it back and it would be, I thought that's what everybody did. Yeah. I still do some things like that. Like a Gen Z kid just brought me a hat that got ripped or something. He asked me to fix it and I'll fix it. Well, you even told me now that we've taken that, that uh, study and turn it into your office, which is really your creative area. With my craft all, room. Well, you've got your, your cry cut machine, your cricket machine, whatever you can call it. You got your t-shirt <laughs> get it right. press. Would you get it right? Cricket. Whatever. And then now you want your sewing machine in there yes. with a table. Yes. I, I, I can see you doing that, but you got to remember when I, when growing up, I, no one did that except my grandmother. My parents didn't. And my friend's parents didn't. So what did I do? I, you know, I remember being 13 and so, oh man, I tore my favorite shirt. I'm like, well, just give it to your grandma. She'll fix it. What? Yeah, yeah. She'll sew that right up for it. Look real good. What are you talking about? Then all of a sudden I started, at 13, you get embarrassed. You're like, oh yeah, I was just kidding. <laughs> my, my grandma doesn't sew stuff. <laughs> I know. The other lost art is ironing. How many my, people out there iron? My grandma used to have an ironing board in the wall. Yep. You, she would open up. There was a big, tall door. I mean, it was like 18 inches wide and up, and about five feet tall. Mm-hmm. And you'd open up this door and this iron. It was like a spice cabinet almost looked kinda, like. Kind yeah. of, on the outside. And then an ironing board would unfold from the wall. Yep. And that's where she would iron. Want well, to know how much my mom hated ironing? She had an ironing lady now, back in the day. Now, that's TV money. <laughs> How do you get I an don't ironing know, lady? I don't know, but she did. Somebody in the na- Some lady in the neighborhood. This was before I was born. The Sun Valley Fox will probably confirm this story. Really? But she said, because they ironed sheets back in the day, and my dad worked at Lockheed, so yeah. he had to have crisp starch. Oh, yeah, his stuff had to be right. It looked good. Think Mad Men. That's yes. my dad. Yes. She hated ironing so much because she did it so much growing up because her mom passed away young, and my grandfather had to wear shirts. So she'd been ironing since she was 14. She's like, I ain't doing this no more. (laughs) So she had an ironing lady that would come and pick up the stuff at the house and take it and iron it and bring it back. There was no cleaners back then. Right. No such place as a cleaner. So... Yeah, then my mom did that. My mom's from the era where they she didn't have a dryer. She had a clothesline. Yeah, line. my grandma did that too. We had clotheslines out back. See, uh. I thought everybody did that. I thought that was just normal for everybody. Then you start meeting friends, and your friends may be a little bit more upper class. Or so they had a dryer. Yeah, they had a, or a color TV. <laughs> I remember asking my dad that once. I was, hey, you know, I'm friends. Now. They got a dryer. He's like, well. They're, they're middle class. Well, what are we? <laughs> what is? How do you get to middle class? I want a dryer. <laughs> That's funny. That's really I funny. think every woman has something they, they don't, they know how to do, but they hate doing it. I think every woman has one or two things like that. Yours, you have a couple. Yeah. One is you absolutely hate painting rooms in a house. Ugh, you're good. Painting. You're very good at it. When you do it, you're very meticulous. It yeah, comes out great. But I don't you, like it. We've painted a lot of rooms. We have. But 
you hate that so much that you you'd sell your firstborn child to not have to paint a room. Yeah, I don't like that anymore. The other thing, which always makes us good as a couple, and I'm sure successful married couples give and take, yin and yang, up and down, is there's your weaknesses are often stuff I'm stronger at or I'm okay at. I can't. This always amazes me about you. What? You can do anything with a child and not be. You can keep yourself composed and on track. They can be bleeding. They can have a broken <laughs> bone. They can have a yeah. bone sticking out. And you're like, all right, let's go to the. They can be sick. They can be sneezing. They can be coughing. They could be dying on a vine, and you're straight ahead until they throw up. Yes, I can't do throw up. And that one, I, have I just never, can't. You do can it. handle everything. We, more yes. gross stuff that babies do. Yeah, and you're fine with it. Totally fine with that. You can do that, baby. On me, and I'd be fine. Yep, but if like, you throw up on me, you're done. I am <laughs> just out the door. I have never seen you leave. You want to see me get undressed fast? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was gross. That was horrible to say. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I have never it. seen you leave a house faster I than when a child. We had. I think when some of the kids were young. Yeah, six, I'm seven, like eight. you're on it. Yeah, you got. You're on your own. You've left. You have I physically have, left. I'm the like house. they're throwing up. Go ahead. Go, big boy. Your turn. I can't do it. I don't know why. Isn't that funny? I just can't. There's something about that I just can't. I know. But like I say, that's what it, that's, and I don't care about it. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. But if for you know, some reason, I, mean, I think I've gotten better. How many babies have we had that have done spit up all over me? I'm like, all right, that sucks. And I changed my shirt. Yeah. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I don't know why. It just doesn't bother me. But there's a ton of stuff that does. And I'm so <laughs> thankful you're good at it. But I'm going to say every mother, every woman has something that they either despise doing or they're like, okay, I'm throwing up my card. I'm playing my mom card. I'm out. I'm not doing Yeah, that's this. the only thing. But like you said about all the other stuff, but I want to say I'm really good under pressure. Yes. I'm really good in an emergency situation. For some reason, my brain clicks in and it just kind of goes, okay, this is what needs to be done. Yep. After it's said and done, after I've gotten that child to the hospital or like the things with my dad that I got him to the hospital right. or my mom or whatever, then I break. Yeah. After I know that they're in good hands or that we finished or they're healing, I then I just Do you break remember down. when we ended up at uh, one of the emergency rooms uh, on our side of town? Now, I don't remember who what kids. I think we ended up there <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know what five you're times. About. In a month. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It was way sooner than that. It was like two weeks and 14 was, days. We were there five times with different, with kids. It was the forest son. He broke his ankle, no, his wrist. Our millennial daughter broke her elbow. We went twice with a Gen Z kid, once because yeah. he got sick, and then we brought him back four days later with an ear infection, and his face was all red. I'm like, we didn't hit him. I know, <laughs> but do you remember the security guard and them going... We need to talk to you because, too. Yeah, because we kept bringing our kids in with like broken bones and bruises and sicknesses and ailments. They, they thought, knew us by first name too. Remember? I I'm telling you, I <laughs> I told you, I said, look, this is like five times. I know. In 14 days, if we keep doing this, child protective services are going to knock on the door and go, "What the fuck's going on in your house?" I know, and we had to explain. You have no idea what it's like with eight kids. 
Yeah, well, there was nobody something. that understood when you have eight kids and they're all trying to slide down the stairs on cardboard. They're all trying to jump <laughs> off the. They're all trying to jump off the roof into the pool. These things are going to happen. We're not bad yeah. parents. We're we're just outnumbered. You know? Exactly. We just couldn't keep track of whatever. And a lot of this was don't do this. You're going to hurt yourself. But you know how that goes when you don't don't do this. Like when the well, millennial daughter broke her arm, she used to stand on the. Back she of the would, chair. No, she would take a chair, a little wooden chair that you'd sit in. Picture this, everybody. She would take a wooden chair that you'd sit in, a, sm- a small child's plaything chair at a kitty table, but it was made of wood. She would turn the chair upside down so the four legs were sticking up in the air at an angle, <laughs> at an angle. Yes. And she would stand on one of the legs on one foot. Uh-huh, and balance. And watch television. Now... For two years, I would say, get off that. You're going to fall and hurt yourself. Get off that. You're going to fall. You'd walk by the room. Get down off that chair. Sit in the chair. (laughs) Turn that chair around. Yes. Until one day. We we, were downstairs. And we, (laughs) we, we heard a crash. And her screaming. And I remember I looked over at you and you went, went there it is. She fell off the chair. Yes, we both knew exactly So we walked was. up there and she's screaming with a broken arm. And what did I do? I said, oh, no, you're getting a little bit of a lecture first. I'm not running you to the hospital. That's right. I said, I told you. I warned you. And she's screaming, I know, I know. Take me to the doctor. No, no, not yet. <laughs> We're going to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> And the tree son was outside in the in the cul-de-sac playing basketball in socks. In his socks. And he went up to make the basket and came down and hit some gravel and, and went slid. down. Slid, yes, so socks. It's, you know, slid. wear shoes when you go outside. Just um, the dumbest you know. things. Or just like <laughs> oh, one of the kids God. was walking through the garage and got stepped on something and you came back and said, you're never supposed to go in the garage without shoes on. How dumb are you? We, we've told you this stuff over and over again. Hey, goddamn idiots. I swear, every one of them. Oh, no. oh, and my they're not God. even on drugs. They're just stupid. I should reach over and shake your hand. We made it. <laughs> we survived. Uh, we, we got one more to go. We got 10, <sighs> 11 more months. I know, but hopefully. And here's another problem I've got. Okay, we had this house down. Do we get an award? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, we should well, get an award. From who? Because uh, first of all, our parents wouldn't give us an award. They don't think. Oh yeah, no participation awards. They would. They wouldn't say we're good parents. They're gonna look at us and go, "Yeah, you guys aren't good parents. You just got lucky." They're not gonna give us any credit. So oh, God. if our parents aren't gonna give us an award, who else would? I don't know. Good you housekeeping. <laughs> I would appreciate just one of our kids coming back and going, thank you. Oh, we got to wait a while for that one. They all have to have children. And then oh. I love it just now with the ones that have just one going, mom, I, I, I don't know how you did eight. Oh, like, you know, before she came back, she was calling you, mom, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I got my husband and my dog and this child, she's two years old. And you're like, you got one kid and you're complaining. Exactly. <laughs> call me when you have eight. Yeah, call me I'll live to have... the age of 14, then we'll have a doc. Well, what I was going to bring up is we had this house down to one child left. Yeah. I mean, we were almost a year away from having every kid out. That is true. And now we have two daughters and a grandchild moved back in. So now what? we have three children out of eight back. What? Yeah. What Damn, the what fuck were is we going thinking? on? How did that happen? <laughs> We were so close. So close. So close. I like it when you told all the kids when they moved out that you were going to buy a smaller house each time. 
There's eight kids. Yeah, but that didn't even got down to a motorhome. Yeah, and when the last one leaves, we're getting a motorhome, so you can't come home, you don't have a room to go to, and you won't know where we are. <laughs> exactly. We'll show up at your house. That's right. We'll use your electricity. I'm going to run around leaving all the doors we'll open with the We'll leave the refrigerator on. door wide open. Oh, we'll I'm, drink milk out of the carton. I'm going to drink a soda and leave, like, I'm going to take two sips and leave it on the counter. <laughs> ah, with oh. no coaster. Leave the air conditioner on and open all the doors. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to make myself a big, huge meal and then go, ew, this doesn't taste good. And then walk away from it. Leave my shoes all over the place. Oh, shoes and socks all over the house. Think about eight kids coming through the door and all the shoes. It was like a landmine. Like yeah, walking they're everywhere. Through All the kids would kick off their shoes in different places. You had no idea whose shoes you were tripping over. Yeah. That's one podcast we got to do is all the things that we did about how to contain everything. Oh, Lord. Those days are gone. I, I think I think, I think, think you could write a book on raising eight children, and I think you should title it Herding Cats. <laughs> exactly. Because that's kind of Everybody's asked me about that. About I wouldn't even know where to start about that, how to raise eight kids. But then there's some moms out there that are doing more than eight. So God yeah. bless them. Well, and I don't think you'd, I think when it comes to something like that, you'd, I think the best way to do it now, nowadays is to just talk into a microphone and record it story after story, after story, after story, then have someone put it together yeah, in order so. because it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to sit down with a pen and paper and go day one. <laughs> <laughs> Throw all the books that you were raised on out the door because yeah. that doesn't work. Tell Dr. Spock to kiss my Would ass. you believe I found a Dr. Spock book? You know when I cl- cleaned out the library and everything? Yeah. I had a Dr. Spock book in there. I couldn't believe it. You did? I did. I was like, whoa. Where'd I should have kept where that. Where you get that? I don't know, years ago. Remember, we had children way back when. No, but I'm saying, did like did you buy it or did someone give it to you? Probably somebody gave it to me years ago because that was the book. Yeah. So I've looked at it. I laughed. I kind of flipped through it and was like, yeah, this is a joke. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you guys who are listening right now a funny story about Dr. Spock. And just to tell you how dingy my wife can be at times. And I mean, she can say some of the most blonde headed dingy things of all time. She calls me one day at work. And this was, I don't know, eight years ago. Or Did so. you just call me dingy? I said, you can be dingy. I didn't call you dingy. That's why I'm not. You know, this podcast is going to end and we have to spend the rest of the day together. So you better be kind and loving. I I said, I didn't. It's like. Oh, are we backtracking? No. I'm trying to explain something here. You're trying to get me befuddled and I'm not getting befuddled. I'm not doing it. Okay. I'm listening. I didn't. It's like saying, did you call me stupid? No. I didn't say you're stupid. I said, sometimes you can act stupid. This is the same thing. This is dingy. You're not dingy. You're not a dingy person. Okay, let's see you but walk this tightrope. Go ahead. You fucking act really dingy. Okay. I've had eight kids <laughs> and cancer. So she calls me one day at work, and I'm really busy that day. And I'm like, yeah. Don't what, care. What's, yeah, you didn't care. I was like, what's going on? I said, no, I got to talk to you. I said, all right, go, go in your office. All right, so I go in the office. She goes, do you have the door shut? I'm like, now I'm getting worried that there's something, you know, like my mom died or something. I'm like, what, what's going on? Are the kids okay? What, you know, what happened? And she goes, okay, you just need to sit down. I got to share something with you. I said, okay, what? I'm sitting down. I'm in my office. Doors are shut. What? And she goes, I know how much he meant to you. And it just came across the news today. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And she goes, Dr. Spock died. And I said, <laughs> I said, so? She goes, honey, 
Dr. Spock died. I said, I, okay, um, I don't care. She goes, sweetheart, all the, all the time you spent watching and the movies? And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't, I've never watched anything on Dr. Spock. And yeah, the guy in Star Trek. I go, his name was Spock. Not Dr. Spock. Are you saying that Leonard Nimoy passed away? Yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I said, well, then why'd you tell me Dr. Spock died? We had this whole 15-minute buildup on the phone, and the, and, the, and the climax of the story was about some idiot who wrote a book that I didn't give a shit about in the, in the 80s. Dr. Spock died. These are the type of things that I deal with every once in a while from her. She gets me all spun out of control, and then it turns out it's like she doesn't have the final story. Again, eight children, a husband, chemo brain people. I really miss. I have the worst combination. <laughs> My brain cells are gone. I ha- That's my excuse. I want you to know I really miss Dr. Spock, who, whoever he was. <laughs> Great. Thanks for sharing that story. It was, you brought up Dr. Spock and that's the first thing that came to my mind was what you That wasn't my problem. That's what you thought of. I know what I was talking about. I'm just trying to contribute to the podcast, honey. (laughs) Yeah. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Throw me under the bus again. (laughs) I'm going to have to think of some dirt on you. There is none. Oh, bullshit. I I have lived, I was a uh, Eagle Scout. Uh, I, you know, I'd help people before myself. Um, help Man, you're going to be, here comes a lightning bolt. <laughs> here it comes. Unbelievable. Uh, so we did get back from LA. We talked about that. And that, I think. Um, that some, closes the chapter. I'm on Pretty your, close. On your mother's estate. Getting close. Yeah. There's more stuff to do. Your brother's taking care of it. But as far as the physical things you went to get. Yeah, the I le- think my portion of. Uh, all that is now completed. Well, we went down to uh, the realtor, Christy, who's a great realtor. If you guys need a realtor in L.A., she's wonderful. Been yeah. been your friend for how long? Since high school. Yeah. And um, she, we picked up the last thing from her from the house. Yeah. Um, we went by... The uh, cemetery. Valhalla, over yeah. by Burbank Airport. And you made sure that your mother's plaque... Yep, they told me that her plaque on her niche was completed, and I didn't really believe them. I had to see it for myself. I know you made me drive all. I the had way a over really there. hard time with that. You guys don't know about that, but it, her memorial was in June, and the plaque just got put on. So and the idiot kept calling every week. We got it. We got it. We got it. And she's like, "Look, motherfucker!" I mean, she got mad. The guys, okay, okay, okay. I was just kidding, but now, now it's on. And he told me he went all the way out there to look to make sure it was so on she there. Drove, so she had me drive her down there, and. You said it had tape on it? She had a duct tape on it. I think they set it on there. Like, I think they cemented on there, right? Or glue. Right. And there was duct tape on it. So that means they just did it. And then I was ripping that shit off. She takes, she goes over there. I let her have a moment alone over at the little. My mom and dad are near each other. Hey, not next to each other, but near each other. (laughs) Your mother made a comment about that because I brought it up one time in front of everybody. She was no way going. I said, are you going to. You're going to have your plaque, your little spot next to his? And she said, no way am I going to spend eternity next to him, on top of him, below him. No No, way. She's away from him a little bit. She's like two columns over and down. Yeah. She couldn't be any farther. It was pretty funny. So she She said she spent 56 years with him. That's enough. That was enough. Yeah. So she, so Jenik's mom. They're on the same side. Goes over to, um the plaque and she I leave her alone let her have some time over there and she comes back and she had taken a picture of it to show her brother the Sun Valley Fox that it was on there 
and I'm looking at the picture. She shows it to me, and she goes, "It had it had duct tape on it or masking tape. It had masking tape on it. No duct duck, tape. Duct tape. It duct was tape. hard. Yeah. It was really and hard she to get goes, off. "Do you see this?" And I'm looking at the picture, and like, yeah. And she goes, "Well, there's a corner of the of of the duct tape." And I can't get it off. And I said, what? She goes, I'm picking at it in this right corner. It's on the brink. I, my fingernails. <laughs> my mom I just would be mad. Can't get it and I go, okay, it doesn't look that bad. And it did. It did look bad. Because it was like, it was kind of behind it. It was in the crease. It was yeah. kind of in the, it was kind it was of a weird spot. It was weird, yeah. And she couldn't get it out. And all of a sudden she looks at me and I'm like, what? She goes, do you got your go bag with you? And I said, <laughs> yeah. She takes off and goes to my go bag where I got the, you know, the tools you take with you on the road. And she grabs a pair of pliers. I'm like, damn it. She goes back there. She's there. What like, did I say to you? I go, watch for the the cemetery guys. Yeah, because they, like, were... yeah, they were like, what, are you, what the fuck is she doing over there? And she's working on this thing. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't take a hammer and chisel over to it. I'm glad. That would have been next. But I'm like, warn me about the, the. I know. I was watching the gardeners, the maintenance people. The maintenance guys. I got it. So I think we're done. She comes back over. She's still crying. She's still upset. And remember, as we're giving you this podcast, this was five hours ago, <laughs> four hours ago. So she was still teary-eyed and comes back. I said, okay, I got all the tape off. Everything looks good. I said, okay, you take as much time as you need. Are you ready to go? She goes, no. <laughs> nope, I was not. I said, what do we have to wait for? And do you remember what you told me? <laughs> we had I got to wait for a plane. I need one more plane. I need a plane to fly over before I could leave. Yeah. And I go. So you have to set the scene of Valhalla. <laughs> I said, Valhalla, are you serious? Though. Yeah, go ahead. Valhalla Cemetery is in North Hollywood. It's at the end of the takeoff runway of Burbank Airport in California. Yeah. So when the planes take off, they fly over the cemetery. The symbolic thing is, is that my dad worked for Lockheed, was an aeronautical engineer. When my dad passed away, we put him underneath the the takeoff zone right. for him right. in honor of him. So my mom's there too. But every time I visit, I wait for, oh, and he's near the aviation um, yeah. mausoleum. Yeah, there's or, an aviation or Asian, part of that. Yeah, there's an right. aviation thing. We put him there. So what happens is, is it flies, they take off from Burbank Airport and fly over the cemetery and they actually fly over where my mom and dad yeah, they, are interned. They, they cover... They, their path covers that part of it completely. Yes, they do. That goes right over. Yes, they do. So we're sitting there. I said, well, what do you, you know, you take as much time as you want. Right. And you wanted to wait for an airplane. Yes, I You have wanted to. to wait for one to take off. I'm yes, like. Yes, I do. Okay. So <laughs> then we waited and sure enough, this roaring thunderous comes through the trees right overhead, you know, yeah. 50 feet or 100 feet above us. I'm yeah, like, it's really low. Do you want to go now? And she's like, yes. So that she came full circle with her visit and then we. We drove off into the sunset. That happens every time I go there. It's I, just, I didn't it's very know that. Fitting. I didn't know that. I'm I'm with you. I I was I was game. I just didn't know what the rules were, so it just seemed a little bit weird. Yeah. This is the first time I hear about and it. And then what did I say when we were leaving about the aviation monument about them oh, taking off? Because you said it was so loud. I'm like, yeah, they're really low well, when I, well, they're taking okay, off. Okay. To be fair, the way the conversation went. I said, holy shit, that plane was loud. <laughs> How big was that plane? You go, it wasn't very big. It was just really low. It was a private plane. And I said, no jet. way did a private, a small jet make that much noise. And you said, it was really, it was right above the trees, really low. Yeah. And I said, they don't fly that low. And then you said, they fly so <laughs> low, they hit the top of the mausoleum. At one time. At one time. So they had to put a... A beacon. Uh, they had to put a light beacon on the top of it. You can see it. That's bad. because That's only, really bad. You're only, you're only 500 yards from the runway. Yeah. Oh, I tell you. My dad used to love that. 
<laughs> oh, for God's sakes. I'm like, okay, we can go now. I'm I didn't not. tell him that when we were at the cemetery. No, you didn't. Well, I you... waited until we left. <laughs> and that was the conversation that we had. So if you guys Google Earth that, you can see Burbank Airport in the cemetery. And there's a little driveway right at the back of the cemetery on Valhalla Drive. I mean, you won't miss it. There's only one little tiny gate. It's called the uh, aviation. What did they say? But I don't I know if they'll what... have that on Google Earth. But uh, it is. It's a, like a historical thing. Oh well, they'll. If you see it, you can know right where we were standing because as you come in, we just were to the left. That's yeah. it. Anyway, so yeah, that's how that went. So today was busy. It's just been really busy. Oh, we need to say something about the kids' FFA competition last night. He, yeah, boy, things are messed up around here with uh, live streams because of the kid not have, we have all the gear, but it's not set up and hooked up. It's not working right. And I was yelling at him, we gotta do is you gotta come home from school. And, and Gen X mom's like, um, he has an FFA competition he has to go to after school. And I'm like, God damn it, you come <laughs> home and straighten this shit out. Anybody that's an FFA, he did opening and closing. And that is just for officers. So he is treasurer this year and he has this paragraph that he has to read of what he does as treasurer. Yeah. And they go in as a well, team. Not read. I mean, I'm sorry, not read. Mem they have to do it by memorization and, you know, being excited right. and it's on speech. It's a, it's a speech competition. So he was one of five or six because there's all the president, vice president, treasurer, yeah, you know, a, all those officers. And they go and compete against other FFA teams. Schools. And schools in, in this area. Yeah. And uh, his team came up first place. Number one. Yeah. They had all they the high great. schools in our county showed up at the college. Yes, at they the, did. At it. the local college. And, and this were, is like a four hour competition. He, he was gone long. like six or seven. Yeah. Four. I, yeah. But he was gone six or seven hours to, After to school, do this. Yeah. It's a long competition. It's constantly, it's like single elimination, but you got to go through every and single team. All the team, all the years he's been doing this. Yeah. They've never won. That is correct. They've never even taken second or third place. They've always, always been. Well, I think one year they got third, but every time these other two. I think last win. year he got individual award for he just did. him for yeah. his vice president. He but, was vice president last year, but he's never won as a team. But this was the year he told me, "I'm the team leader." Yes. He goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make us win. We are not. This is my yeah. last year. I'm a senior." And he pulled it off. He did. His high school has never won first place. And they got it this time. Yeah. So he was gone. He was so excited when he hit the door last night. So we've had a lot of stuff going on since the last time we spoke to you on the podcast. Yeah. So the thing I'm most excited about, I know you don't want to get into this right now, so we'll, maybe we'll save it for later. And I got to be careful what I talk about in case your brother's listening. But talking to um, your realtor, Christy, mm -hmm. and you guys have been friends forever since high school. Mm -hmm. She is very forthcoming with some of the stuff you did in high school. We she, did. Yeah. <laughs> Her and I. It's not just I. It was we did. Well, she. I am learning so much stuff that I didn't know. We should get her on the podcast. Oh my god! It would. We would have to be a rated X podcast because she has. She has no shame at this point in her life. We both do. She's we like, don't care. I'll just tell you, I don't care anymore. She <laughs> was it. my catcher on my softball team in high school. So we spent four years of varsity softball together, and then we we went to college and. Uh, together, we okay. went to the University of Northridge, Northridge, Cal uh, CSUN, sorry. And then we played, um, you know, softball on a park and rec team. We've got lots of stories. Yeah. We've got stories. Okay. Why did you go to school at six in the morning? <laughs> so in spring semester at CSUN, we used to 
get there. We used to carpool together and we had a class, a biology class at 7 a.m. And then we'd have one more class at eight from Why? like eight to nine. Because Why I, start that early? Well, because it's spring in Southern California and we had to get to the beach before I got busy. Wait, you... This see, this is the part I didn't catch in the conversation. <laughs> we were on speakerphone today driving, and I was catching pieces of this as they're reminiscing over shit. I'm like, whoa, 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 what? You guys scheduled your classes so you could get to the beach and spend the day at the yes, beach? Yes, we were California girls, yes. Okay, now, now I'm going to ask. I don't know if this is true, and I know you're unprepared for this one, but you told a story a long time ago, and I don't know if this is with Christy or not. You would sit and rate guys at the beach with little was signs. Her. Was <laughs> yes, that her? It was her. What? That was the Elks Lodge thing I was telling you when we went on vacation with her parents. We would go this that was at Dockweiler Beach. They used to have a bike path and we okay. used to park our bikes. I mean not our bikes. I'm sorry. We used to park our chairs right by the bike path and when the guys came by we would hold up rating cards <laughs> on how hot they were. <laughs> yes. That that's we what? did some crazy the things. The fuck would who would we do met that? Lots of guys that way. No shit. Lots of guys stopped on bikes. Probably not the ones you held up a six for or a six point five. I don't think we went below a six. <laughs> we probably didn't even like rate anybody below the thing, but now, we had so much fun. There's one of them way before we end the podcast. We oh will do gosh. a whole podcast on Christy and you some point, but yeah, we'll have to cover come and do it. Is It'll this funny? Is this the girl that you were? Picking up guys on the freeway with? <laughs> yes. And how did you do that before there was cell phones? Uh, she, my parents were even in the car. They were driving. My dad was driving. My mom was in the passenger seat, and Christy and I were in the back. And we would take trips to San Diego because my grandparents right. lived down there. I remember there. that. And so on the way back, we would write things on signs if we saw cute boys driving, and like we didn't have cell phones back then. We were like, "You're cute." You'd hold it up in Where the window are you like heading? A, Oh my God. Here's our number. They would write back. <laughs> we would get phone numbers. And by the time we got home, what, two hour drive or whatever, we would have phone numbers. I and bet they would you would. Hey, Holy shit. We had some cool summers. We had, we had a summer down there where we went to the Del Mar Fair and hung out in San Diego. And every Wait, time we went down there. That's where all the Navy guys are, though. Oh, we didn't meet any Navy guys. Oh, really? Damn. No Marines. Damn. No. Can't say. But that was fun. Yeah, that's another story that we did. All right. So we And will... she confirmed that today, just so you well, know. So you didn't think that was... No, there, I wasn't was, a, joking. there was some... St I thought some of the stuff you were embellishing on a little bit. Because you've told me some stuff over the years. Yeah, that was like 18 to 21. But then all the stuff that... She's like, oh yeah, that was there. Or she would tell the story. Now she couldn't have known... <laughs> exactly. She told it on her own. I know. She's very forthcoming. <laughs> I can't wait to sit with her and have a few drinks and let her really tell me what's going on. Oh, we both will probably go out and go, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And no then... shit. Wow. Well, you definitely turned it on, young lady. I lived, or we lived, from 18 to 21, we lived. I we did. you did. Hey, we, are, I, we didn't even get to the stuff we were supposed to talk about today. I think this was fine. They just get a little glimpse of us. All right, so we'll call this the... The accidental whatever podcast. We didn't talk about anything. Nothing. We didn't talk about anything yet. Rambling. We were just trying to get caught up. We'll get caught up on your cough. We'll get caught up on your mother's house and estate. We're just getting caught up. Gen X talks ramblings. And an hour went by. 
Oh my gosh, already? Uh, we've got almost, we've got like 50 minutes in and we're, this is the point where we're just getting caught up on where, on what we were like, oh, well, let's. Oh let's, my God, we can still go for another hour. Let's mention a few st- things before we, you know, get going here. Before we actually get into the podcast, let's let everybody get caught up on where we're at. I wonder how many tuned out already. Oh, tons. There's nobody <laughs> listens to our shit. Nobody gives a shit. Now start, not this podcast, not this one, but starting the next one, we have an official sponsor. I know. Now, what was the name? I know who he is. I won't say his real name. I know his name. Well, his name. Loud Trouble. Loud Trouble. LLC. Loud Trouble LLC. And they do, um, they do hauling, trucking, and they truck around big car events. You know, when you got, you know, $14 million of cars, equipment and scaffolding and staging and they go to show, to show, to show. Right. His company has the big contracts for that. And this company is owned by our one and only Loud, Loud One. Loud One. I won't tell if you his you real name. you are a bottom of the class, bottom of the glass nation, B-O-T-G-N member, you know who Loud One is. I think you said it better when you said bottom of the class. It's bottom of the class. <laughs> I know. I didn't know. That's us. <laughs> you, you summed it up. We are the bottom of the class. I'm having a hard time talking. <laughs> so, I haven't yeah. even been drinking yet. No, not even getting it started yet. So yes, uh, as of next week, we'll have an official sponsor of the of the podcast. And I think that's a that's cool thing. That's very cool. Yeah. He he did call me. He says, hey, so uh, how much to sponsor your podcast? And I said, I don't know, five bucks sound good? He goes, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, cut three ways. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the hell with that. I'm not giving the kid anything. Fuck that kid. He's always at school. He's never helping. Yeah, well, there's going to be a day where he's not going to be in school. No, and he's going to roll up his sleeves and go, okay, I'm back and I'm in charge. Who's I know he's going to take over everything. And what have you guys been doing to my label? Yeah, what what have you been doing with my Gen X Talks brand? And we're going to tell the same thing that we tell everybody. You left us alone. Yeah, we got to do what they told us. Which like is? our kids, like growing up. What? We didn't do anything. Well, our parents were so upset. that. Do you remember our parents? We first got married, you know, 30 years ago. And they're like, hey. No one said you guys should be parents. Exactly. Who who said you guys should be? Now, you guys want to run off and do your own thing. That's one thing. But come on now. Parents? And all of a sudden, we got four kids and then five kids and eight. And I'm like, well, who told you guys this was okay? Nobody. Nobody. But when he starts asking, what would you do to the brand? We're going to go, I don't know. You left us alone. I don't you know. You weren't here. This is just, I don't we know. We got to say all the excuses they do. All oh, the kids my God. Said. Every kid. Can we use those? Can we use those? Why can't we? Okay, so when he comes up and says, what have you done to Gen X Talks? I can One, here's one. I don't know. It's been that way for a long time. Why are you exactly. mad now? It's been that way for years. Why, why are you mad? That's what we're going to say to him. That's, That's where we're going. Yeah. There's lots. We can say them all. I don't know how it got there. Or who did this? I don't, I don't know. know. It wasn't me. And he'll say, well, you two were the only two there. How do you know? I don't know. Could have been know. somebody else. It could have been, yeah. Oh, my God. We can start using yes. the children's excuses. Yes, as I'm, soon as he says something. I'm going to start writing them down. I got so many. I know. I mean, hundreds. These Because next week he'll be home all next week, and he's going to find out what we did, because he's probably going to go through everything. He's going to start going through shit like and he does he's going to go, that. what did you guys do? I don't know what you're talking about. It's been like this the whole time. You know, he's going to get mad and everyone's going to know because he's going to come back and do the... He hasn't been to staff meetings in forever. I know. Next Talk staff. We can co- say the dog did it. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. The dog did it. Where's the podcast? It's due. Ah, the dog ate it. <laughs> the dog ate my podcast. <laughs> that's what it should be called. The dog ate my podcast. <laughs> that's going to be great. 
hey, it's time. <laughs> we are due to do this. This is good. Oh, I've waited my whole life to get back at and him for that And it starts soon. He's going to roll up his sleeves, come back to the staff meeting, and go, what the hell's been going on? And we're all going to go, wow. You left us alone. You left us alone. What you want? Unsupervised. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get us a babysitter. That, that, that should be the intro to the podcast. This is what happens when you leave my parents alone. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Unsupervised. Oh, the- He's going to go, I gave you guys a chance to be <laughs> alone. Well, we're just not ready yet. The dog ate my podcast. <laughs> the dog ate my podcast. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm out. Oh, all right. End the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, and there she goes. All right, guys. I'm sure the music is coming up by now. Yes, um, the kid popped in last week, but the four episodes before that were just Gen X. I'm sorry we didn't get to anything concrete. I'm sorry we didn't get to the stuff we were supposed to. He gives us a list. He's like, okay, okay. Here's five things to talk about. You know how many we got to? Zero, (laughs) not one. So I will say thank you to you guys. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know where you're listening from, around the planet, just around the corner. It doesn't really matter. You guys are like family. Thank you guys for tuning in AM, FM radio, Sirius XM, or anywhere around the world on the Armed Service Radio Network. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're going to waste an hour of your time, no better place to waste it than with Gen X Talks. And as usual, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. These